Welcome to episode number 45 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. Today, I'm going to share with you a interview that I did with Karnika Campbell, FNP, who is the owner of SOLA Enterprises, which SOLA stands for Securing Our Legacy and Ancestry. And it's fascinating to hear Karnika talk about how her endeavors are really mission focused in terms of how she is building uh, a business. And that pertains to her real estate business, and it also pertains to her healthcare business. And what I think that you'll find in this interview is some suggestions for how to get going. You will uh, understand that you could be like Karnika. You could have a completely developed career in real estate and then go back and become a nurse. You could take those and combine them eventually into an enterprise, an empire of businesses that you're using to create uh, financial stability and also to build generational wealth for yourself. And you could do it in a way that honors your purpose and your mission in the world. And that's what I think really Karnika brings to the table, uh, that she has this bigger why. And I we, we get at it a little bit in this interview. So I hope you enjoy this. And I wanted to just make mention of the fact that when we do these interviews, remember the benefit of them is that there is a, a element of possibility and hope here for you. So if you are the person who's sitting there thinking, this can't be me, I don't know how I would ever do that. I could never switch careers. I'm locked into my job. It's never going to happen then I want you to put that thinking to the side for the next 40 or 45 minutes and allow yourself the opportunity that if you were willing to dream and to build and to do and take massive action like Kernik has done, what could be possible for you in a very short amount of time. So without further delay, here's Kernika Campbell, FMP of Sola Health and Wellness. And I hope you enjoy this conversation. I most certainly did. Okay. Karnika, I'm so glad that you're here. You guys, I uh, asked Karnika to come on to the podcast because I was looking through Instagram and trying to find, I was in a moment, we're going to be very honest, and Karnika, bear with me because I will have you introduce yourself in a moment, but I'm going to tell them first and foremost why I reached out to you, which was that I was having, um, I was in a moment of just trying to remind myself of how many of us in our profession as advanced practice nurses go out and we create things that are above and beyond what we're sold in a traditional MSN program or a DMP program. And so I was looking through Instagram and I love Instagram because you can look up hashtags and you can kind of go out there and just use it as a way to show your brain evidence of a different story than the one that may be on heavy repeat in your own brain. And so, and sometimes that's good and sometimes it's bad, but sometimes, but I used it for this purpose to look up nurse CEOs and you came into my feed and I thought, oh, how interesting. And I saw you have, I think a real estate business maybe, or something real yes. estate. And then I know you're an advanced practice nurse. And I thought, you know what? Let's let me reach out to her and see. And so I, I, we have interviewed before on the podcast, another advanced practice nurse who has a, um, is a real estate investor. And it was so, we got a lot of interest in that. And I think there's just a, a lot of interest in general and whether it's flipping or investment, whatever. So I thought you'd be a great candidate to come onto the podcast and just talk a little bit about yourself, how you got started, what you do and all the ways in which you know, you've created what looks like it's your path to living the good life or it's your, the good life for you right now. So, yes. so 
Thank you for allowing me to just spew all that out. And yeah. welcome. Welcome to Nurses Living. Thank you. So glad that Thank you're you here. for having me. You're welcome. Okay. Introduce yourself and just tell people your background, Carnegie Campbell, FNP, tell people your kind of your background clinically and a little bit about what you do, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Karnika. I'm a former emergency room nurse. During COVID here, I traveled a lot, so been a lot of places, worked a lot of departments. Uh, during that time, um, working in the emergency room, I thought emergency room nurse practitioner was going to be my passion, and I quickly realized that I wanted to take the family nurse practitioner route. And my pa I grew up in a real small town, so I always wanted to be in healthcare because we did not have access to healthcare where I'm from. And so as I'm in nurse practitioner school, I realized that I want to create a clinic and environment to where I can continue to give back to the community and provide access to smaller communities, uh, whether or not they don't have insurance or just access and bring my business, my clinic to the community where care is needed. Okay, tell me, so you, now how long have you been a nurse? Let's start there. I've been a nurse for seven years now. Okay, all right. And, and how long have you been an FMP? Been an FMP for three years. When did you, and when you talk about your business, you were talking about Sola Health and Wellness, correct? Which is yes. your, now, is this a clinic or a, that you own, that you founded, that you currently operate? Yeah, Sola Health and Wellness stands for Securing Our Legacy and Ancestry, which is a subsidiary of my real estate business, Sola Enterprise. So I told you I'm building an empire here. <laughs> Good for you. So that's where the real estate comes from. So Solo Health and Wellness is a virtual and concierge service. So we see patients virtually and in the community. So we make home visits as well. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, okay, wait. All right, wait a minute. So wait, back up. So wait, did real estate or nursing come first for you? Real estate came first for me. Okay. So how long I was a realtor before I was a nurse. Uh, how long have you been in real estate? Since 2009. Okay. And do you, do you maintain a current license where you can, and, and you're located in Texas? Yes. Okay. So you maintain a current license so you can go out and sell. Cause I think you need a license to do real. I don't know. Yes, you do. Yes. I maintain a license so I can go out and still sell still and work as a nurse practitioner. Okay. What now, wait a minute, how did you get, what made you go into nursing from out of- I know, right? <laughs> so uh, medicine has always been my background. And my family, we every three years we were probably moving because my husband was in oil and gas. And so I originated here in Texas. And once we had to relocate to another city, I decided to go back to nursing school because that was true of my passion. Um, in real estate, when you move to another state, it's building networks all over again when you leave where you already have clientele. And I felt like I didn't want to start over. So since medicine was my passion, I decided to go back to nursing school. And then once life led us back to Texas, I reactivated my nursing, uh, my real estate license and got started again. Okay. And um, what made you become an NP? You know, to be honest with you, 
CRNA was my original goal. <laughs> and as I was in nursing school, I realized that I love being able to continue to take care of patients, treat their diseases, because that is something that I did not have personally growing up where I grew up and my family did not as well. So I knew I wanted to be a community provider. And when, where did, and did you grow up in Texas? No, I'm originally from a small town called Marangon, Louisiana. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. And so how long, how far did you have to travel to get medical care? Our closest medical care was about 45 minutes away. So you can only imagine if you had an emergency, just the travel time to the nearest hospital. It's, it's time whether or not, you know, from the pickup from that door to the next door, the amount of time you've lost in stabilizing someone if it was an emergency. And is that 45 minutes to an outpatient center or is that to like a hospital that can- To a hospital. To a hospital. Yes. Okay. I mean, even, I even think of, um, and I know it's beyond our topic for today, but I even think of, you know, we, we see, um, I'm my training is as a certified nurse midwife. We see labor mm-hmm. and delivery units all over the country closing, and we see you know there's always been, especially in rural areas, an issue around access yeah. to care. And you know you start talking about heart attacks and you know labor and birth and um, and more emergent conditions that can sometimes warrant you know sometimes you don't need for a labor and birth like immediate intervention. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do and to be 45 minutes away or, you know, then if you're at a 45 minutes away and you're at a hospital that doesn't have a labor, it's a hospital, but it does not have a labor delivery. And then, you know, an hour and a half away from a tertiary care center, which can provide you with some support. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a reason part of the, one of the reasons we have a maternal mortality issue in our country, I think. That's right. Um, Okay. Okay. So you built... Sola, was it at that time called Sola for your real, the real estate arm of your business? No, it wasn't called that at that time. Uh, recently, maybe in the past five years, um, we kind of created that idea um, of Sola Enterprises. Mm-hmm. And once I decided to, you know, be a CEO, I decided to keep that term, that name there, because I love it so much. <laughs> it encompassed a lot. And so it's the health component came about. And so Solar Health and Wellness was born. Yeah. And when you, so you started your private practice three years. Well, actually, I shouldn't assume. How long ago did you start your private practice? It's going on three years in January. Next month. Okay. (laughs) And did you work anywhere when you came out of, um, uh, like when you graduated school? school? I did. Um, I worked for a clinic, a small uh, private practice. Um, he didn't, uh, we didn't stay open that long uh, because then COVID started and then we started seeing patients a lot virtually. I worked for the government for some times uh, doing nurse practitioner work. And then after that, I decided to start, you know, my own business and put my heart and soul into it because I knew there was a need. And how long would you say it took you before you were like, I'm not doing this for somebody else. Like I'm, I gotta, like, I'm going to build my own thing. Maybe year two. Yeah. Year two, I realized that, um, that I, I wanted flexibility. I wanted the autonomy of my own business, the control of how to treat my patients, how to see them spend as much time as I needed to spend with my patient because that is a, a another uh, factor in medicine that a lot 
lot of times, unfortunately, depending on where you work, it's, it's a time factor. How many patients can I see in a day? So patient number 10 may only feel like that they have five minutes with you. And I don't want my patients to feel like they're just a number because they may have several ailments I need to discuss with them that day and not just uh, you have to make another visit to discuss that. So that's my goal to be able to spend as much time because I feel like education is important. Um, we have to continue to initiate primary uh, care interventions and make sure that the patients are educated because then we can prevent those readmissions to the hospital as well. When you um, started off your service, did you start off with a, or, well, do you have a location now? Or I know you said part of it is concierge. Is it all concierge mm -hmm. or do you have a brick and mortar now? It's all virtual and concierge. Virtual and concierge. Okay. Yeah. What made you decide to start that route versus starting up with a, uh, a brick and mortar location? A, a colleague of mine <laughs> really convinced me to um, solely start off virtual and concierge because my goal was to open up a brick and mortar. And I did see some colleagues, even some physicians just struggling to maintain their services, to stay open. And I learned a lot from working in one of my physician's offices that if I start off virtual and providing concierge services, build a clientele, then open a brick and mortar, kind of like like feel the dreams you build it they will come yep. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah okay and what just based on the percentage now what is your um what's your breakdown of virtual versus concierge care is it how much better? I would say I'm about 75% virtual, um, more virtual now than ever, because I also see patients in Louisiana and Colorado. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of patients in those states for my wellness, for my weight loss, um, weight loss program. Okay. All right. Good for you. Yeah. So you, so does your virtual and concierge practice in Texas currently, is that more focused on primary care and, or is it well, we do a little primary care and we do a little bit of weight loss and we do a little bit of this and a little, like what's your, um, it's focused on primary care, focus on primary care. Okay. Correct. So with primary care, um, if you encompass with the weight loss component, because I have obese patients. So offering the weight loss component with the primary care can help decrease the hypertension, you know, and the diabetes itself. So, so that's one of the goals to, with the concierge component here, to be able to reach out to the elderly who, who can't get a doctor's appointment. And so health and wellness was created in mind with when your physician's office is closed, we're open. So we don't close until 9 p.m. because there are some primary urgent cases, whether it be, I forgot to get a refill, the physician's office didn't have an opening for me. Do you mind seeing me? I really need my blood pressure medication. I cannot get to my physician until the next two weeks. So I would call it more of a urgent primary care. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that even last night I was in urgent care with my son, my youngest son, and we've had a multitude of, you know, influenza. And I would imagine yes. and I just got over COVID and we've, our household's like on week four of all of this stuff. Yes. Right? So, but we were in urgent care. We were just sitting there and my son's uh, pediatric practice had closed and they're great in terms of flexibility, but they didn't have any mm. evening appointments. I wanted to get him in and, um, and 
So I went to a uh, local express care clinic and I had to, I was sitting there thinking to myself, cause my, we checked my son in and the nurse on the phone who checked us in said, uh, you know, she said, have a seat. It'll be, you know, 20 minutes or so. We didn't have a long wait time. But while I was sitting there, someone called and the support staff, whether it was a nurse or MA or tech, whoever answered the phone and said, you know, how can I help you? And the other person on the phone must have said, I need my medication filled, like some sort of medication. She said, I'm so sorry, ma'am. We don't do that. Uh, I can't prescribe her words were, I can't prescribe you a medication over the phone. And she Mm -hmm. said, uh, and the patient on the other end must have said something like, uh, can I, uh, come in and, and just get it done? And she said, well, actually we're an urgent care and mm-hmm. we don't, I, I, your primary care doctor isn't here. Right. And, and I think the patient probably then on the other end of the line was, must've said something like, uh, well, how, how am I supposed to get my medication filled? And she said, well, if you need it tonight, you can go to the emergency room if it's emergent or wait until your primary care opens, you know, uh, office opens in the morning and then call them. And, and she said, and and the gal kept the gal on the phone was going back and forth. And I thought, you know, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I I look at it and think, I know what it's like to be a medical director of an office and manage a lot of phone calls and a lot of what, you know, the, the people who are calling and the, you know, kind of the concerns that come in about, can I get in and can I get in late? And like the lack of understanding that the non-healthcare person has about how the system right. works. Like the urgent care doesn't have access to your, your meds. It can't just like send you a right. Room, right. Um, and I, and I imagine, I don't know if that other, the patient who was on the phone knew that a service like yours exists, right? Or a service that that's out there. And I just thought it's so interesting, right? Like it's, we've got these practices like yours that pop up Mm -hmm. and we've got concierge medicine that exists. And I don't, it's not yet mainstream. There's not, I think people still have the mindset. They think like, I got to go to my primary care doc. And if I don't go like either it's that or it's the emergency room. And there's like little- in between. Um, yes. And, you know, and I think your service, it sounds like really provides a gap. You know, there's a gap yeah. in it and it really fills the need is what it sounds like. Yes, it does. And I so appreciate my my community because I do fulfill that 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 gap there. And you mentioned taking your, your little one to the urgent care. I would say about 50% of my concierge patients are, are kids. The ear infection, yes, <laughs> right? Right. And a lot of children, um, because if you think about it, you know, pediatrician's office uh, for my son personally. I mean, I called to get his five-year-old checkup in January of this year, and they were like, well, "We can't see him until March." <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, he's five in January though, so but he can see get his annual in March. So it, it takes a long time, but if he has a sick visit. Well, I'm quite sure they can probably squeeze them in for a sick visit or I'll have to take them somewhere else. And even here just recently with the flu and RSV going around and my little one was sick as well. Um, pediatrician's office didn't have an appointment for three weeks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. And they referred me to the urgent care and they said, well, they've been backed up, too. So they're referring people to another urgent care. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know. I would like someone to treat my child, but it's just that. I, I mean, I 
off of food tests, you know, in, in home strep tests. Uh, so that that's that gap that, you know, I fulfill um, with providing the concierge services because uh, sometimes, you know, the, the urgent cares, even for the little ones in seasons like this, they're busy. They really yeah. are. And so the services that I provide can save time for the parents uh, so that I can fulfill that gap where between the urgent care or the pediatrician's office, urgent care and the hospital, yeah. right? No, I, I think it's fantastic. And even we were sitting there last night. I'm not, I, I am not kidding you that I was sitting there and I thought, oh, God help us because my son had complained of, um, it was interesting. He woke up and said his jaw was hurting. Mm -hmm. He said, my jaw really hurts. And I thought, and I said, where does it hurt? And I kind of, he's got a, two, a molar that looks like it's mm -hmm. starting to come up. And I thought maybe it's a molar. And so we, I dosed him up with some Motrin and gave him something to eat. And he felt well enough. We sent him to school. He came home and said, you know, my, my ear is starting to hurt. And I thought, oh, hell, yes. you know, he's probably yes. infection. And so I, I thought, all right, let's, you know, let's go and we'll get you evaluated. And, and again, we've had all this shit running through our household with, yes. all these, you know, just like everybody else has. So, but when we were sitting there in urgent care, I was like saying a prayer to God. And I thought, please, please, God protect my little one and my, <laughs> myself. Like I'm dating, you yeah. know, just gotten over COVID, just gotten over influenza. And I think probably had RSV run through our household. And I, I'm sitting there listening. I can see this this room, exam room one, and all it says outside of it, there's a piece of paper. It says flu slash COVID. No name, <laughs> no no HIPAA, like no violation of HIPAA, but it just says flu slash COVID. And I hear this woman hacking up along, and I thought, oh, oh God, we're just right before Christmas. Like I, you know, I, my brain immediately goes to last year. My both of my kids had were COVID positive on Christmas. So oh, wow. we, we missed all of, you know, our family celebrating the holidays, you know, it, you know, it's been a long COVID season for a lot of people just yes. on the family stuff. And so I thought, oh, I hope we don't get sick with another <laughs> round of whatever is circulating in this, in this urgent care, because there's, yes. there's like just stuff everywhere. I'm sure. There's stuff everywhere. There's stuff everywhere. And here we are masked, but I, the point, <laughs> the point is, um, to consider, you know, your service provides an opportunity where people, you don't have to go and sit in that. I don't have to go and sit That's in a right. room where people are hacking up along, not mm -hmm. masked. And it's like, God, I hope we don't get sick again. But, but that's the beauty of having, being able to call somebody and be like, that's Hey, right. can you come like he's, his jaw hurts or can you come do a visit? Which I think right. it's brilliant. I mean, that's very Thank you. And, and that's how a lot of this started. I mean, a lot of medicine started without having huge hospital systems and huge waiting. That's right. Um, that's right. You know, it started with somebody saying, well, yeah, like, let me go make a home visit. That's um, right. Yeah, I, I, I love it. What, what I do appreciate is um, a lot of times, um, although COVID started, but almost going on three years now, but there are still people who are a little bit leery of, going to physicians offices, hospitals, um, they want to be treated at home. If they can do a virtual visit first, they will do a virtual visit first. Yeah. And I'm thankful that, you know, even insurance companies are starting to insure these services as well. Yeah. 
I agree. I, I mean, it, and I don't know about you, but like I, I saw patients for, you know, nine years and not everybody needs a, an in-person visit. They just don't. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of great care can be provided, um, especially from the standpoint of a triage, you know, Correct. be provided in a telehealth format. And, and then, you know, from there you evaluate whether or not they need to be seen in person. I mean, and it's a good cost, like it's, uh, um, what's not the word? It's not cost utilization, but it's, um, like resource utilization at its finest. Yes. Like who needs to go where and what level of care they need. That is true. That is true. Um, okay. So tell me, so over three years of having your private practice, um, how, tell me what has been the most exciting for you or the most enjoyable, like out of this endeavor, um, in specifically in your private practice. I will say the most enjoyable part of, uh, from since the doors when solo health and wellness, uh, opened is being available to patients outside of regular business hours. Because if you think about it, many of us have nine fives and what time does a traditional physician's office close? At, see the last patient at three, four, four o'clock? Yeah, right. right. And so now you don't have that day or time to see your physician or you have to take time off. Um, so one of the greatest benefits that I've had is being available after 5 p.m. when, you know, parents know or, you know, the patients know themselves that I have someone to phone after business hours if I need them to come over. I want speed dial for a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> for my services because they will prefer. And a lot of people understand too, I don't have to go to the hospital for this. I don't have to make an appointment to the physician's office for this. I know Karnika can take care of it and she can come to the house, evaluate me and send a prescription for me. Yeah. Do you guys have full practice authority in Texas? We do not. Okay, good. And you had- do not. I have a supervising physician that I collaborate here within Texas and I have a collaborating physician in Louisiana as well. Yeah, good for you. And then Colorado is full practice authority, right? Yes, they are. And what made you expand to the other states? Was I assume Texas was first and then you added on Louisiana and Colorado? Yes, Texas was first. I expanded to Louisiana since I'm from Louisiana and the network is pretty, you know, big there. I've lived in Colorado, have a network there. So I'm like, Colorado is full practice state. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, you know, I extended my services to Colorado as well. So I've had a California license for quite some time as well. And I know you've heard the news lately about California. So I'm hoping in the next three years to extend my services there. Yeah. Good for you. I hope soon. Yeah. And I hope, you know, it's not, there are so many states that I think are on, they're closest in terms of, you know, it's gone through legislation, but I'm yes. that, uh, you know, to see more states do it as well. Um, okay. Tell me what, what's been, has there been something that has been hard for you as you've, um, you know, built a business, built a private practice, like anything that sticks out and that has just been a thorn in the side or something that you notice like, oh, I resist doing this or I can't stand doing this. 
Not, not exactly. I, I feel like the, the biggest challenge that I am facing now is uh, trying to extend services to other parts of town. Well, I'm not well known. Houston is a pretty big city. <laughs> and I feel like my immediate area um, where I live um, has more access to me. They know who I am. Um, but just trying to extend those services and market and advertise, um, getting my, you know, my business name out to other parts of town to be able to expand the business, you know, increase clientele and uh, put the brand out there. So that that's one of the biggest challenges that I face. But I continue to use social media as marketing and advertising. Um, between all these businesses, you will see me sponsoring Little League teams, you know, whatever, you know, it, it takes to to market and advertise a business, you know, as a business owner. Yeah, good for you. I mean, it takes, you know, I've noticed, I think it takes time and it just, you know, it and, does. and you know, the approach, I think, you know, I, I we use in my business, a, and I, what I teach my clients is there's always what, exactly what you're doing. There's an organic mm -hmm. approach, which is you get out in the community, right. you people, you tell them about what you do, you make offers to help them. And then there's this more inorganic approach, which is, you know, you use the tools that you have at your convenience, Facebook ads, yeah. Google ads, whatever it is, um, SEO, um, you know, anything that can help you get into a demographic right. or target of, uh, population that you might not otherwise be able to reach physically. So um, sure. it's like any business, uh, startup, even like restaurant businesses, it takes about three, three to five years. Yeah. To, to actually generate, you know, the clientele and to keep the business stable. Yeah. Did you know that getting into it? Was that the experience you had in your real estate business? It was. If yeah. you think about real estate is self-employment. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's self-employment. Um, real estate is, is truly building organic and inorganic business. Um, you same way sponsoring teams. You, you are, you know, meeting people business cards everywhere you go and, you know, introducing yourself, selling, selling yourself, which is your business. Yeah. How do you make time? Like what's your breakdown of time that you uh, apply to, to both endeavors, real estate and healthcare? 24 hours in a day, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're like all of it, all of it everywhere. <laughs> off by saying how much... <laughs> How many hours I get in sleep, and then we can go from there. Okay. <laughs> oh, now, okay, so and then you said you have a son, is it, or you have a child? Yes, I have two kids. Two kids. I have a five-year-old and an eighteen-year-old. An eighteen-year-old. How yes. do you? How do you um, manage? You know, balance like creating balance for yourself and the work that you do. Yes, the enterprise, so to speak, or the empire. Yes. And also being a parent or, you know, being a partner, like, how do you, what do you find support to in creating that, that harmony and the ability to get up and show up for a podcast interview, have a smile on your face and be like, right. yes, that? yes. When I finish, I'm running somewhere else. Right. <laughs> Which is true. Uh-huh. Right. You're like, really? it's true. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do have a loving husband, a lot of support there. I, I couldn't do many of these things without him. And, um, you know, when the kids 
thank God my daughter's in college now. <laughs> and so, you know, she, she has her time. She's at school. But with the little one, I try to maximize my time during his school hours. So once he's uh, out of school, I, I have that time at home where I'm multitasking a lot. And when I say a lot, I, I mean a lot. It's uh, we come home, uh, you know, we're asking about the day, having a quick chat, starting homework, but I have, I may have my laptop close in reach. And I'm like, yeah, buddy. Yep. That's right. Keep doing it. Now. And then I'm back <laughs> to yep. the laptop. Yep. Uh, so unfortunately, it, it's a lot of multitasking. Tasking. I, I really do. Um, I stay up late once the kids are in bed. I give myself another two hours to catch up on business, uh, review charts, um, those things like that, and just to try to make sure that I'm ready for the next day. Um, how, where do you see yourself going in the next couple of years? Like, what's the vision for Sola? The vision, to be honest with you, is to grow soul. I want to expand. Um, I want to be eventually a franchise, right? Yes. You, yes. And let me tell you, I say that because I've had a lot of uh, other nurse practitioners ask me, can I work for you? Yeah. Can I start a clinic in this state? Yep. And I wasn't ready, but the idea is still there. It's like, yep. it's, it's a good idea, right? Yep. So as I grow Sola here in Texas, I would like to extend it to other states and have other providers work for me. Yeah, good for you. That's amazing. Yes. Thank tell you. Me, tell me, um, you know, this podcast is called Nurses Living a Good Life. And that's for, that's very intentional because I talk a lot about living the good life. What does that mean to you when you think about like, what's your version of living the good life? My version of living the good life, to be honest with you, is having the time wow. to enjoy my life as well and work and be successful in that. I really don't want to have to work, work, work and never enjoy life, never enjoy my family time. Because before you know, your kids are older and you're like, well, I didn't get to, you know, spend this time with them or I missed that event. Um, as, you know, a self-employed person, a CEO and owner, I still get to attend basketball games, the soccer games, you know, all the Little League games. I'm still available for that. So having that flexibility of, you know, working for yourself, you're able to still spend time with your family and not miss those moments that you won't be able to get back someday. So, so, and then what about though, I'm curious too, cause you talk about expanding, you talk about it being an app, you're building an empire, <laughs> you talk about a franchise model. So is there an element for you of living the good life that includes uh, not only creating financial stability, but also building generational wealth and building, you know, building something that's bigger, bigger than what you have now. Is that a part of it too? It's a part of it too. And it's been a part of since the solar enterprises which was created to begin building generational wealth for my family my you know my kids and um so that that that's the initiative of it um starting off with the real estate business and generating that into health and wellness and we're always going to need a health clinic you 
know, whether it becomes a brick and mortar, express clinics, a walk-in clinics, whatever you want to term them, they're, they're always needed. And, and they stay just as busy as your traditional primary care clinics, right? Yeah. Um, so um, to, 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 I just want a quick flu swab, okay? Come on in. We can take you in 10 minutes and not say, hey, we can see you on Friday, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, okay. So it's a little bit maybe of both. It's some um, of the it's like, definitely both. Yeah, that's and it sounds like that's been an intentional approach for you. Like, yeah, we're yeah, gonna, we're gonna create, a, build an empire, and build something that you know. And even I love the idea of the planning of the seed of the franchise model because you're mm -hmm. right. I mean, you start to understand. I think the ins and outs of a business like this, and the beauty mm -hmm. is, can you? you know, replicate it and can you, right. you know, sell it to someone? And there, it's interesting. We, I was just talking with um, one of the representatives from, um, I, I think it's Miss Medicine. There's a, there's a woman here in uh, Cincinnati who is a well-known internist, but has a particular interest in um, hormone therapy and <laughs> does a lot of research for NAMS. And, uh, and I've seen her speak several times. Her name's Lisa Larkin. But she runs a company where she has a franchise model. But interestingly, she left private practice and was like, I am so tired of all this bullshit. Mm -hmm. Left private practice, did something very similar to what, what you've done, right? Said, I want to have longer visits. I want to have more freedom right. and flexibility to do it the way I want to do it. And, um, and more autonomy to, to make mm -hmm. the changes um, yes. and call the shots. And so she did that, built out her own practice, went into a subscription model and then from there started to get the same thing. She'd have clinicians who would come and say, Hey, you know, how did you do it? Can you help me right. get started? And then she started to notice she had a lot of clinicians who would come and say, I don't, I don't want to do the marketing. I don't necessarily love mm -hmm. the Facebook ads and trying to figure right. that stuff out. You know, uh, would you be able to, you know, fund or like provide some sort of a service? So she did. So now she helps, right? They provide the service. I think they take a cut of every patient. It's like a right. baseline fee of 25% or something off of every patient. And in return for that, the clinician gets to do clinician work. And then she, they, as the plat, like as the, uh, not parent, almost as a parent company, almost in a franchise model say, you can use our advertising resources. You can mm -hmm. use our marketing materials. You'll never have to go out and create a brochure for yourself. Right. Um, right. And so, so it's just another business model. I think we, it's interesting when we start to get creative, you know, how yes. many ways can you, can you get out there and can you provide a service to people that's valuable right. to them? And there's so many ways. I mean, you're doing it in several States even. And thank you. Yes. In two industries to boot. Um, so, okay. Good for you. Give me last question and then I'll let you go. Give me, if you would, please, uh, if you had to give any sort of advice to someone who was, you know, where you were three years ago, uh, thinking about it kind of in the, you know, thinking stage, what mm -hmm. advice would you give to somebody who was just starting to figure out their next steps and wanted to go this route? I would definitely tell someone to always be patient. Um, you have a great idea. And you have to continue to fulfill your destiny. So if you know that you love your idea and that's your passion, continue to put your all into it. It may not happen tomorrow, but if you keep building it and, and, and growing and planting that seed and watering it, it will grow, right? Uh, so I, I would love for everyone to just continue to uh, build.
build their empire, continue to fulfill themselves with what they love. And I know a lot of nurse practitioners are becoming entrepreneurs because at the end of the day, we are valuable assets to not only ourselves, but other industries as well. Uh, so definitely keep trying, never give up because I personally didn't think that this will all come into fruition for me because it was just an idea. And that's all it was at first. And I did, it was just an idea for a very long time, to be honest with you as well. And I would just like everyone to know that if you continue to nurture it, you will have success in the end. How long, out of curiosity, how long was it an idea for you before? It, it was an idea all throughout, you know, nurse uh, nurse practitioner school, to be honest with you. Um, it started in, uh, in RN school, to be honest with you, because of how I grew up. And that was my dream to one day own a clinic, but I always thought it would be brick and mortar. Um, so as I, you know, got closer to, realizing that I, I'm ready to become, you know, a business owner. And maybe it was about three to five years ago. And I put it to the side for a very long time. And then one day my husband's like, if you don't focus on it, you're never going to get it off the ground. And I, I really wasn't focused on it. I had started the foundation, but I left it at the foundation for a very long time. And then I decided to go ahead and, you know, built upon it. And I started the process of actually making Soul Health and Wellness a household name. So then tell me this, how long, how long has it taken to create the Karnika of today? Like, would we give us an honest appreciation, right? How long? Wow. Karnika up until today. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, it's taken a while um, to believe in my capabilities. And to be honest with you, it was just like, oh, I wasn't a camera person for a very long time. <laughs> I was not a social media person for a very long time. And I had to build up the courage to just start to promote the business. And I have to tell myself, it's never going to work. I mean, social media is a lot. It's the advertisement media wave now. And you're going to have to promote the business in that form or fashion and open yourself up to commentary, right? And so it's taken, you know, the, the last three years to build myself up to that point. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we're looking at, you know, it's a work in progress, right? Yes, yes, it is. Yes. And, and it's important, I think, for all of us, because I think there's a tendency for some people will come in and I talk with a lot of potential clients about, you know, the idea of creating a private practice. And I think mm -hmm. some people I see it takes off and they get going and within a year, you know, they're not only generating great cash mm -hmm. flow, but they're profitable, they're growing, they've mm -hmm. got a good foundation. Then I see some other people who, you know, it's a seed, it's the, the seed is planted. There's some thinking mm -hmm. about it. There's some other endeavors that need to be done. There's some seasons of life that come up that need to be, you know, handled because it's just, right. you know, kind of how life goes. Uh, and, and so I think that's another great um, token here to share, which is that, you know, the business of today is three, five years in the making, maybe 10 years. That's right. You think, you that's know, right you think about um you know back to nursing school so yeah okay that's right I I do foresee uh this tele uh, health business concept 
concierge services. In the next five to 10 years, you will see these services being utilized more often than they were. Yeah, I completely agree with you. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. If people want to reach out, tell everybody how they find you. What, what is your website, first and foremost? Yes. To reach me, you can reach me, Karnika, at www.sola, that's S-O-L-A, solahealthandwellness.com. And you can email us at info at solahealthandwellness.com. Also find us on all social media platforms at, social, at solahealthandwellness.com. Good for you. All right. I wish you all the best and congratulations on all of your hard work and creating your version of the good life. And um, it, you've been a there's an, there is no doubt in my mind that someone will, from listening to your story and your experience, will say like, if she could do it, maybe I can too. Um, that's can, right. Or maybe I could, maybe you have planted the seed for somebody else. Maybe I could start a concierge practice where, you know, yes. I figured it out and I just, I didn't need a whole brick and mortar. That's right. <laughs> that's yeah. right. I wish everyone all the best of luck if you're interested and knowing how to start your own virtual healthcare clinic, definitely contact us. Yeah, good. All right, very good. Thank you so much for coming. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me again. You're welcome. Happy holidays. Take care, okay? Thank you. You too. Are you ready to build your private practice just like Karnika did? Then I want to personally invite you to come over to Nurses Living the Good Life and come check us out. And if the doors aren't open right now, then get on the waiting list. Let's stop waiting. Let's start doing. Let's take massive action and start creating your version of living the good life. Let's do good work in the world and do well for ourselves. And the best part is we can do it together. Come on, check us out at www.nurseslivingthegoodlife.com. Let's go.